0: Next on our journey hearing from those in industry who make space for others through community building we have Katie Johnson and Elana Griffo, the tag team behind Good Type. After running their own successful art businesses the two artists met via DM and joined forces virtually from their homes in New York and Texas. They share a drive to help other artists pursue their passions and take the fear out of business because they believe everyone deserves to love their job. In this episode, you'll hear about Good Type, you'll hear about Katie and Alana's creative processes, and about the not-often-talked-about world of art licensing. You'll hear about the duo's take on group work and the key ingredients they believe are necessary to engage in a successful partnership. Katie and Alana also give advice to students about careers in graphic design, as well as specific and actionable advice for portfolio building and portfolio curating. Finally, the duo share info about Katie and Alana's new book project, where you will hear it here first. This episode was recorded as part of a guest lecture series in GCM 230 Typography in fall 2023 at the Creative School at Toronto Metropolitan University. Okay, let's listen in. Excellent. So maybe the best place to start is to just literally jump in and uh, myself, because we're meeting for the very first time, and the students who are here with us as well, who are Katie and Alana of Good Type in Mm. a nutshell?
1: A nutshell. (laughs) Katie, you want to go first? You want me to? Go for it. I'm still trying to get my view looking right. Yeah, (laughs) I don't know. You know what? I just left it. I don't even know. Okay. Um, Okay, so I'm Alana. And I live in upstate New York. I'm one half of good type. And outside of good type, I am a mom. I have two little kids. I actually used to be an adjunct professor teaching what I'm assuming is the parallel to this class. Uh, Fun fact, I uh, went to the junior Olympics as a swimmer when I was like eight. That was my prime. (laughs) All downhill from there. Just kidding. (laughs) Um, I have a really great dog so they might make an appearance I'm sure Katie's dog will as well and actually both of us have traditional backgrounds in graphic design we went to school for fine art and really found our footing with design and had traditional trajectories becoming art directors and then figuring out that we really just wanted to be the boss and we went out on our own (laughs) yeah
2: and we met via an Instagram DM
1: Mm -hmm. um
2: (laughs) We are in two different parts of the country. Um, Alana's in upstate New York and I'm in Austin, Texas. And uh I said on Instagram, hey, I'm gonna do a class in art licensing because I'd recently discovered it and was like, wow, this is such a cool income stream that a lot of artists don't know about. And Alana was like, Whoa, I was thinking of doing that too. And then after a moment of being like, dang it, I can't do this anymore. Um I was like, you know what? What if we did it together? And so that's how we got in touch and then we started doing more courses together to help other artists like us to run their own businesses. And then we ended up taking over a uh, good type which was already uh, an account that existed. Um For quite some time and was like a collection of inspiration of like the coolest typography out there, what people were doing um, in the modern era of typography. And then so we came and took it over like two years ago, a year and a half. Um, and we've taken what the original founder Bodhi did and added our own little spice to it, which has been, um, the component of education for artists, especially around, um, business. That was a little bigger than a nutshell, but
0: <laughs> it's okay. It was like a, like a walnut shell. A walnut's yeah. fine. Mm-hmm. A, a walnut larger shell. nut. So that that's so cool. So you you kind of you slipped into each other's DMs. I feel mm-hmm. like it's a modern a modern meet cute. It's a it's <laughs> absolutely. That's fantastic. Yeah. And yeah. Uh, for anyone who is listening, students in the room, or anyone listening later on, might it, if someone might not know about Good Type, can yeah. you just share a bit of its origin story and like why it exists and what magic it brings to the table? Because it does yeah. bring magic.
1: Oh, thank you. So actually Good Type started when our founder Bodhi was doing a like West Coast bike tour. She was just riding her bike and documenting all this beautiful typography and like looking for a way to connect with people and to showcase the artwork that they found inspiring. And so in that process, you know, tagging the artists that maybe on the mural or whatever really started to build this sense of community of, oh my gosh, someone featured my work and they really liked it. And this was at the beginning of Instagram. This was when you know becoming an influencer wasn't a thing. And so it really just came out of a sense of people wanting to connect over good art. And so over the years, we did things called Good Type Tuesday, where people would all work together on a Tuesday. They'd have like 24 to 48 hours to create a graphic based on the prompt. So maybe it was draw your favorite, um, reimagine your favorite record cover in your own style. And then people would share it and they'd try and get featured. And it was just this sense of creating for the sake of creating. It's not for classwork. Nobody's grading it. It's just for the sake of creating. And of course, you want to get featured and you want to connect with other people. And it really was always a positive space where people could just share their work and lift each other up. And even to this day, we have very few negative comments it's really about saying oh this looks great or you know keep up the good work and discovering new artists and it just kind of snowballed from there and then like like katie said two years ago we came in and we sort of added our spice and talked with the founder about what they felt was lacking and what we could bring to the table that they weren't they didn't feel passionate about bringing that was really that education piece about how do you take your art and monetize it and so that's where we focus. And what's your very favorite thing
0: about the community that was built before you arrived to it but also what you've
1: done and what you've contributed? What's what's your favorite part of this community? I think the fact that we've really been able to maintain a safe space where everyone is welcome and like I said obviously it's the internet. Like there there are some comments where we're like get out of it. Get out of town. But for the most part, people are making connections where they feel like just like Katie and I now Katie and I talk 18 times a day. We have a business together. You know, we have so much and we we found each other's work from seeing I saw Katie's work on the good type feed when she had done this really great. I think it was her stained glass piece. uh, And I was like, I got to I got to follow this person's work. It's so beautiful. It really inspires me. And so we've been able to make that connection just from someone sharing someone else's work on Instagram. So that's been really great. It's really, sure, the artwork is amazing, but I think what people are really looking for at the end of the day is that community. Yeah. Yeah. I couldn't agree more. And so wait, j-
0: just so I'm hundred percent clear, you, Alana, you saw Katie's artwork on Good Type connected and eventually became good type <laughs> mm-hmm, yeah. mm-hmm. it's some meta stuff <laughs> that's cool that's really really neat yeah. um, I I want to dive in also to your own lettering practices so your kind of your your artwork because I think that um, that that part of you and really kind of at the the foundation of your kind of your your business practice is uh, an important thing for students to hear about because it you have gone kind of a non-traditional Um, root in in all of this. So in what mediums or uh, kind of like tools, tech, do you love to use to create your own art? What does that art look like? What does that creative process look like? That's a lot of questions, but hopefully that you can answer something like that. (laughs)
2: Well, uh, back when I was in school, um, we didn't have the the iPad vibes yet we weren't like drawn on in procreate so um I was uh I really began in illustrator and vectoring and occasionally in um drawing and scanning and trying to layer things and reposition it took a lot longer than it um can now which is exciting so when the iPad did come out uh it was a big moment in speeding up my workflow and a lot of artists workflow by like Three hundred percent. So I almost exclusively draw on my iPad in Procreate now. That's my go-to app. Although I still use the the Creative Suite, all the um, Adobe programs, usually for like finesse or like extra uh, final uh, textures or effects that I couldn't do in in Procreate. But that's mostly where I do my lettering work, and then. Um, the type of work that I do is, uh, well, Alana and I both do a ton of art licensing, um, which is why we're very passionate about teaching other artists that this uh, income stream exists because it's really not one that people openly discuss. And we didn't know it was a thing until we were like deep in our careers and just stumbled on it because we got hired to do jobs and there were was licensing in the contract and we had to proceed to google what the heck is licensing and figure it out on our own um but most of what i i do in the licensing world is greeting cards and uh, licensing is unique because you typically create the work before a client then comes and buys it whereas we're normally used to um freelance work where you're making something custom based on a brief that uh, a client's giving you. And licensing, you make the work first. And then they come and say, oh, I love that piece. That's perfect for our uh, Christmas line. I'm going to license this from you and put it on a greeting card for uh, two years. And then you do a contract for that. So that's a, a ton of what I do. I've done like book covers and, and logos and posters and art prints and, uh, pretty much anywhere lettering can be found packaging. Um, I've dabbled at least a little bit, but yeah, greeting cards is, is a bulk of what I do now.
1: Yeah. It's the, it's the same for me. Uh, I actually did a little bit more of layout design. Just, I had a, I sold a physical planner for a while And then when I wrote my first book, I spent a lot more time in InDesign, but like in collaboration with pieces in Photoshop and Illustrator. But we do a lot of work on our iPads now, like Katie said. Um, And something that's really interesting about when you go into become a self-employed artist is that naturally you're going to do things that are outside of creating art. And so we really split our time and kind of take turns on projects now where for this project, Katie's going to work on the graphics for it, and I'm going to work on the script for the social content or something. And so obviously we wear a lot of hats now, but our creative process has always looked pretty similar. And when we work together, we do this thing where I usually create, like we talk together, we each brainstorm on our own, we figure out a solid plan together. And then what we'll do is I'll create a really messy first draft And then Katie comes in with like the polish and the flourishing and the embellishment because that's really where she is so strong. And so we each try and play to our strengths when we're working on a project together. We had to do a poster design for one of our clients and that was the exact process we did. We talked about what we wanted to look like, we pulled inspiration. And then I did these like, super messy uh, sketches. And then, you know, handed handed the files over to Katie, who was able to take it to the next level. And that's been really cool, too, to figure out how we work best and where our strengths are the most effectively used when we're collaborating. I don't know if you're hearing little meows.
2: My cat is Mm-mm. getting right up on the microphone. <laughs> mm. I
1: didn't hear a thing.
0: No, I didn't hear it. Great. I didn't hear it. Uh, thank you both for that, and that's that's neat that that you have found your your working better half, your other half. Uh, that that so Alana, it sounds like you're kind of more macro, big picture first idea, and then Katie, you come in as you said with with the finesse and with the the kind of details, and so it's neat that you've both been able to find that that kind of working collaborative style that you can kind of do your best work uh, and -hmm. and do something that's really neat because I I know um, for students listening you've probably or any of us listening uh, you have probably worked in a group that was less than ideal but you've also (laughs) hopefully also worked in groups and with other people uh, where it was a really good collaborative partnership and it sounds like the two of you um, have that in one yeah, another. I've
2: it's just yeah. a lot of frogs, you know, to yes. find my, my <laughs> princess, which is you, Alana. <laughs> I
1: think, I think a lot of, you're my princess too. Thank you. Um, I think a lot of it comes with like age and experience too, is that we have an open dialogue where I can say to her, like, I, I don't have the headspace for this right now, or let me come back to this later, or I think you'd be better at this than I am. And so we have that open dialogue, but also I, we did get really, really lucky. And I, I do find it really interesting that we weren't like friends first. Um, (laughs) oh, there's a, a cat basically on Katie's face. We, we weren't friends first. Like we, the first time we ever spoke outside of like a DM of, you know, saying, oh, cool. We have similar, you know, um, careers was us talking about a collaboration based on a shared interest. And, Mm -hmm. It's it's been time, you know, we've been we've set deadlines and we I think part of it is we just got like I don't know if it's like the law of attraction or something, but we got really lucky that we found each other. But it also like takes a lot of work. And like Katie said, we've worked with other people before and it's not a great fit. And so I think we've learned a couple of things for how to find a good partner and ways to test the waters. And Katie didn't Katie and I didn't jump in with both feet first. We we did one project together and saw, is this working? And then we did a a little bit of a bigger project and then we did a bigger project and then we wrote like a real big partnership contract about, you know- We didn't get married right
2: out the gate.
1: Yeah, (laughs) we We dated. (laughs) (laughs)
2: Yeah, Uh, I think it also really helps that we have um, a very similar like drive, ambition, goals because a lot of those times where you're working in groups when they don't succeed, it's because there's mismatch of- um, like how much people care about what you're yeah. doing um and our partnership is 50/50 like financially uh and every other way like how we s- split our work um and all the partnerships i've been in before that have been uh frustrating to me i was usually like leading and i had more of a stake in it maybe even financially and other people were hired or contractors or volunteers, and they just uh, didn't have that same gusto that I did. Um, so that that's a huge thing to be on the same uh, kind of playing field as your partner to start off on.
0: Yeah, all of that is really, really great advice. And what I'm hearing is that you trust one another, but it, yeah. the trust took time maybe to build or you like cautiously kind of progressed in your relationship and your business relationship so that you could uh, get to the point where you're at today and you both have equal stake in the game, which makes a huge difference. And you're both yeah. motivated to make this happen, uh, which is which is a huge piece of the the success puzzle.
2: Yeah, absolutely. And good type is like our both of our livelihoods now, like the majority of it, we still do our own work, but it's obviously taken a much smaller um, piece of the pie now that we've focused so much on on good type. Uh, we've just naturally had to reduce some of the other parts of our personal businesses. But yeah, it's it's a we both really want it to work because we also have to uh, feed our families and things like that. That's another level of it, <laughs> and we just love what we're doing. We're passionate yeah. about it. So
1: we. It's funny how many times we've gotten asked, like, "So is Good Type your full time? Like, is that is that what you guys do?" And we're like, "Oh my gosh, you have no idea how much goes into it." But yeah, it's our full time. And like Katie said, we take on like I finished a book cover this week. It you know it was like a one percent of the amount of time. We spent working. And I think as creatives, most people have a couple uh, bits and bobs that they work on along their path. Um, and like Katie said, we have a the, the investment, not only financially, but like how badly we want it is equal. And I think that's the easiest way to like kill a project where let's say it's a group project in class. One person is like, I need an A in this class. And one person was like, nah, I don't really care. It's just, it's, you can't match the energy. It's like the vibe is off. And so we're really lucky yeah. we both have that drive for it.
2: Shout out to all those people out there who get into those groups and then become the, the person who does all the work. That was me. And I think Alana, you experienced that a lot
1: too throughout <laughs> uh, school. Yeah, I, I actually don't remember I always so cared many the most. group projects. I feel like- oh. Freshman year, we did. I was always dumped all the work on me. It always happened. Wait, did you dump? Did it? Did it get dumped on you, or were you like, "I'm gonna do all of it"? No, I (laughs) specifically tried to like
2: stop volunteering (laughs) in group settings, and people just wouldn't pull their their weight and I would get so nervous. And then I would just be like, oh, I'm just going to do it.
1: Yeah. Yeah. So it's a little bit of both. It's a little bit of you yeah, uh being, having a reputation and then a little bit of you giving in before other people did.
2: <laughs> oh, the story of my life, giving in before other people do.
1: <laughs> well, I think we've changed that. You're really good at it now. And, uh, I think oh, like yeah. we said, we have a good line of communication of like, that's I why
2: I'm so excited this. that I found you. Cause I don't, I don't experience <laughs> that with you. And it's the first time in my life.
1: <laughs> it's magical. Aww, it's magical. It really is.
0: Groups are hard. Mm-hmm. <laughs> I was going to say one funny thing. So I'm co-teaching this class uh, this semester. So there's a whole pile of students in the class, some of whom are taught by me and some of whom are taught by my my colleague, Scott. And the very funny thing, which kind of ties into our conversation beautifully, is that uh, Scott and I were classmates 100 years ago, 20 wow. years ago, in a, in basically this course together in a group. And now we're co-teaching it together, which That's is hilarious. That's so cute.
2: Right? Love that.
0: Right. Okay. That's, Did you to have share. success in your group back in the day? We work. We have all. We're very different people. We are. We come at problems differently. We come at the mm-hmm. world differently. But that is that's the secret sauce for us. We both care. Yeah. Like you say, it's the trust and the care that we we both are in it to win it. Uh, have a high stake in the game. But we have very different approaches, and that makes us a very strong team. So it's mm-hmm. it's cool. It's cool to see when that when it works. And it can work. Yeah. Yeah. Yes. Yeah, I love that. Okay, so um, coming back into the world of lettering and calligraphy and type design and all the things, Mm -hmm. what advice would you give to students who want to pursue kind of a similar path, to either of you or to kind of any in any of those disciplines, either as a passion project or as a career? What what advice, where do they go? They've taken this one type course, they're maybe halfway through their undergraduate education and they're like, yeah, this this thing resonates. Where, where do they
1: go from here? That's a really good question. So we were told, we did traditional graphic design degrees and we were told like beaten over the head, you're going to go work for an agency. And I think that the thing that we learned was that is just not the only answer. And I think actually this generation has so much more at their fingertips, whether it's resources to become an entrepreneur or working for small businesses. And just the other day, someone said to us, well, I really want to like have my hand in a bunch of different projects. So I think I'm going to go work for a big agency. And we were like, actually, if you go work for a big agency, you're going to be doing the exact same thing all the time. For a select group of projects like the same exact thing and so you might want to consider going somewhere where it's smaller where you get a lot more responsibility and to you know try things and so i i think part of it is finding out what you don't like is really important and so trying things like katie and i both said yes to a lot of projects before we could say no but also just remembering that there's not one size fits all I mean, I don't think Katie and I ever would have said, oh yeah, I'm going to run a business uh, with a partner that I met in via DMs and uh, we're going to sell courses. Like we, that wouldn't have been what we thought. And so just like saying yes to opportunities that feel exciting and also just knowing that you can pivot and change, like nothing is permanent. So if it's not bringing you joy, try something else.
2: Yeah, we both got jobs, um as like art directors out of college, I had an art director path in um, at my university. And uh, so that's the route that I went. And I built up my portfolio with a bunch of campaigns, uh, advertising campaigns, um, and then worked at this 10-person agency here in Austin, Texas. And it was a great experience. And like Alana said, I would recommend a small agency over a a big agency for most people any day just coming out of school because you get so many opportunities. And all of my friends who were working at these big Dallas agencies that were like hundreds and hundreds of people, they were working on like banner ads every day. And I was getting to go to LA and art direct an advertising campaign, like a real one in my first year of working outside of school. And I was like, wow, this is... (laughs) you think that the the big agency has the prestige and the name and you're like, this is the path. Um, but yeah, so many more opportunities at the small ones, but if you're looking to get into, uh, lettering type design, um, building up your portfolio by doing passion projects, um, is the number one thing that I would recommend. Um, j- I know you've probably heard this a lot, but make, make 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 a bunch of work and then don't be precious about it uh when i was in school every campaign i made was such a large percentage of my body of work at the time because i was just starting and i would my professors would be like oh just cut that campaign from your portfolio and i'd be like the campaign Mm. i just spent like a third of a semester doing like are you kidding me That was so scary to me because I would like invested so much time in it, but it's really like the sunk costs fallacy. Um, You know, because you've put so much time in something, you think, uh, oh, I need to show it. Oh, I can't go back. Um, Oh, I can't change anything. Uh, But really something my one of my professors told me was your portfolio is only as strong as the weakest piece in it. And I've always kept that in mind and now I'm very cutthroat about curating what work I wanna show. And I only put work in my portfolio that fully aligns with who I am as an artist or who I'm becoming and then the type of work that I want to get. Because if you're, if you are you know, you did a packaging project and you put it in your portfolio cause it took you a lot of time, and but you don't have any interest in doing any more packaging projects, that's going to be a little um, confusing for potential uh, clients or uh, potential bosses because they're going to get muddied about what what you want and what your work is. So curating is one of my biggest tips.
1: <laughs> yeah. And I think we're talking about like the, w- one example is showcasing you're making a lot of work for social media is different than making a lot of work for your portfolio. And then there's making work for yourself that you don't need to share with anyone. You just make it to make it. And there's, there's kind of a gray area and a line that you have to figure out which one is best for yourself. Um, but it's kind of an interesting teeter totter of I'm going to make a bunch of work in my sketchbook, but I'm not going to share everything. I'm going to figure out which pieces are the most exciting. And I'm going to lean into those. Yeah. And
2: then as far as the passion projects go, um, being responsible for giving yourself the briefs that you wish you had, like what are your absolute dream jobs? Don't wait for them to come knock on your door, do the job. Uh, And eventually you can even reach out to those people. And Mm -hmm. that's how Alana and I have gotten a lot of work. We've either pitched ourselves to people, but just with an outreach email or by finding a connection um, or we've shown like a, a, idea to them without them asking for one. Um, There's obviously a fine line and we don't want you to do work for free and get taken advantage of, but there's a strategic way to do this and a a way that's more um, smart and marketing yourself while you're still uh, learning and getting something in the process. So doing those passion projects is is huge. You can absolutely make a beautiful portfolio without ever having worked for a real client.
0: That's all really, really good advice. And I also like the idea of, uh, so passion projects for me, I know in my own kind of creative endeavors have often led to different opportunities. So doing the work itself is important as part of your portfolio and your body of work and all those things. But then even through doing the projects, you figure out what you like, what you don't like, doors open, (laughs) windows open, things happen uh, that wouldn't have happened otherwise, which I think is another uh, whole layer to that. But there's so many good reasons to, as you say, do your dream job now, Uh, do the work now and and really have fun in that process. And hopefully you can use it in your portfolio. Yeah, okay. So you started a podcast. So you have good type. But you've also started a podcast called The Typecast, which is a fantastic name. Excellent <laughs> name. I love a good pun. You host a conference called The Kernference, mm-hmm. another great name. And now you're writing a book together, as I understand it, through yes. kind of as good type. And I'm sure it will have an incredible name as well. <laughs> it so, does
2: have a, a some wordplay in it. Yeah. Good. <laughs> it can't get away from it. <laughs>
0: Yeah, <laughs> I love it. I love it. I love it. So, what do lovers of type and um, people in your kind of good type community have to look forward to um, when it comes to kind of the, what what you're building, what you've built? What's what's what can they expect?
2: Well, um, you know, we're we're letting the community really dictate what we build, and it's helpful because we are part of the community ourselves. Like this, we were first. Uh, like members of the good type community, um, making friends through it. And so something that's really important for us is like tapping into the the real minds of these people and like actually talking to them. So we're, we've actually been doing a bunch of like calls with um, people in our community to ask them like what they need in addition to what we already provide. Um, one of the cool things that we've been, we've had out for about a year, and we're we're workshopping where this is going to go. But we have this program called the Good Guild, and it's like um previously that it it's been like a year long kind of membership, um and then each month we focus on a different topic about uh typography or building your business. So this month, for example, is on um finding your style, which is interestingly what our uh, book is going to be about as well. Um, so in this month we've had a guest educator uh, come in and do like a an hour long workshop on finding your style and there were like mood boards and stuff and then we had office hours and uh, we have like a forum and a chat so that's a really cool thing that we have um, but we're kind of workshopping what that looks like in the future um, so it may evolve coming up in the next year or so and yeah the the book is a huge Thing. we've been I've been like head down in it um for the past week we finally after the conference was done we've finally been able to focus on that a little bit or at least I've gotten some time for it I know Alana's been doing a lot too um but yeah th- those are some of the really really big things we also are really uh looking to do an in-person retreat of some sort coming up so we're we're dipping our toes in, talking to some people, trying to figure out what that looks like and and where that's going to be. But I think you can safely expect that that'll happen at some point.
1: Mm-hmm. We also, uh, I get, I guess what the programs Katie is talking about. One of the things that we really set out to do was to create the experience that we had on Instagram when Good Type was first starting we want to be able to create that off Instagram. We want to create like real human connection where people can not only support each other and our art, but also support, um, you know, business growth and really just like have a place where you can safely share your work and get feedback and do that in a way that's not tied to a social media account that we don't own, (laughs) Um, you know, in the sense that it could disappear tomorrow or it could change names or, you know, whatever our following could disappear. So we've been really trying to figure out how do we create that and that's where the podcast comes in and that's where the conference comes in is places where we can have those deep conversations and support artists and and um you know let people have conversations with us or give us an opportunity to have conversations with them where it just feels like you're in your living room having coffee together just talking and um that's been really cool so far
0: yeah, that's, that sounds fantastic, and I think that's such a a necessary thing. I always think about like, what? Yeah, what if Instagram ceased to exist or like something, yeah. right? How do you create connection in, in different ways uh, and and kind of a deeper connection? And I think it's it's so admirable that you have created the the educational content. The conference space, the podcast, now the book. So it's it's neat that you have all of these different touch points for your audience. And what what's going to be in the book? Can I can I ask without giving too much away? Like what what? I don't know. What are we allowed to say, Katie?
2: I think we can say a lot of stuff. I mean, we specifically Great. asked um, if we can share the process. We asked our publisher, and they were like, "Yeah, of course." Um, so I feel comfortable, right? Great, let's do it. Yeah, so um, the it's the working title is Your True Colors. Um, and it's about it's a workbook mixed with like essays about how to get in touch with your authentic creative identity uh, and how style relates to that. The how you communicate your um who you are in an aesthetic way, how you uh, visually represent the the person that you are and the things that you want to say, and um, then it uh, goes on to help you harness that and then help you communicate that in a in an effective way that's also going to benefit you um, in your career. So from like a marketing standpoint, um, but with a huge emphasis on. Uh, Selling without selling out, (laughs) which is a a very delicate balance that we do as artists when we begin to monetize our art. It's this very um, precious and vulnerable thing, and once we start to put a price tag on it or commoditize it, there's a, a potential of feeling gross, feeling inauthentic, and so we're trying to work through... Uh, that process in a way that uh, doesn't evoke those feelings. Um, so, yeah, it's like two parts finding your voice and understanding it, and then expressing it.
1: One of the things that I found really interesting, I was actually having a conversation with my mom about this today. And she called me back and was like, When I was young, you know, uh, many moons ago, we didn't have the influences that we have now. We just, went out in the world and bought what we liked or, you know, um, decided what to wear based on what what was in our closet. We didn't have social media, you know, uh, celebrities or movies or TV or whatever and uh, what we're seeing in stores. Like it was much more creative in a sense because now we're really like inundated with um, ideas and inspiration at like every touch point of our day. And I always admired how my mom like was so concrete in her style and could like I could point something out and know it was for her. And it's, it's harder now. And I think a lot of artists struggle with that because they're so inundated with other people's voices that it can be really hard to hear your own inside your head. And so we really want to help people find the confidence to say, oh yeah, that's what I like. And here's how I portray that in my work. And then Uh, ultimately that helps you stand out and create better work and enjoy creating work and not have that like stress of what should I create or it's a blank page what do I do yeah and I think you
0: hit on something that really uh, stuck with me there which is that it's sometimes hard to hear our own voice for all of like the cacophony of voices that were scrolling past or inundated with day in and day out. So I think that's yeah, it's such a an important piece of this creative puzzle, uh, especially if you're you're kind of going into this in a commercial, in a commercial way. Um, that yeah. that work reminds me of. Uh, do you know Meg Lewis?
1: Yes, mm-hmm. we, love, we Meg. love Meg.
0: Okay, I love Meg too. And so this, what you were saying there, just like re- the essence of
1: Meg. Yes. Meg, actually, we we spoke last year at an event um, in Tennessee and Meg was one of the speakers as well. And we were just like hysterical in our seats and just she is so Meg. And that is such a beautiful, wonderful thing to be unapologetically yourself and a lot of her work centers around how do you do that? Yeah. And she makes it look so easy. And I hope we can give people the tools to find the confidence uh, in themselves to to show up as who they are.
2: The funny thing too is that after we saw Meg's uh, presentation, she was the first person we went back to our hotel and like rehashed our whole presentation. Everything. <laughs> we just were like, "Wow, she was so loose and free and herself," and so we just like she really did it.
0: Yeah, yeah. That's super <laughs> cool. That's that's yeah. a neat connection. I love that. Yeah, I love she, that. Meg's great. Yeah. Love Meg. I, I had a, a conversation uh, with Meg um, that, yeah, I was in hysterics within this yeah, <laughs> in this interview. Fitting. Like, oh, yeah. I, I actually, I, I think I was at one point, I teared, like I was crying laughing. It was yeah, that sounds magic. exactly like what I would expect for sure. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> so every everyone who's listening, go, go check out Meg Lewis. Mm-hmm. Yeah, great. If you
2: were wondering how somebody marries clowns and mimes with lettering and design now you have an answer
0: (laughs) now you have an answer yeah i love it so just to kind of wrap up our conversation because you two have been so generous with your your time and and all of the insights uh, that that you've shared with us in this zoom meeting today Um, i have a little teeny tiny tradition uh, as part of this Mm -hmm. podcast and as part of my class which is to say um, the question i want to ask if you could choose only one typeface to choose for the rest of your life what would you choose and why? And I see Katie's eyes bugging out of <laughs> her head. I know. I know. What would you
1: choose and why? Gosh. So I think this, like, I feel like we get like an out sort of because we're lettering artists. And so we'll just, <laughs> we could take any, we could take any, yeah, no. Uh, we we take any type and customize it. I, I feel like I'm going to say my answer and then later I'm going to be like, oh, It's so basic, but I feel like I could take Futura and do anything with it. Like, it's it's just like a standard quality, simple. I think people look at simple and they're like, it's simple. I think I could do a lot with it. I could change the shape of the terminals. I could, uh, you know, add little wavy characters to it. I feel like I I could make do with whatever. You could give me comic sans and I'd probably be okay.
2: Yeah, like the confidence. (laughs) I would realistically probably choose something utilitarian so that I could just design around it. Um, yeah. Uh, but if I was going for something with st- like beautiful style that I'm like obsessed with and could look at forever and my eyes would still be happy, it would definitely <laughs> be something from Ono Type Co. Mm-hmm,
1: um, mm-hmm. And
2: it would probably be Regrets. Um, it's this. <laughs> Which is funny. Regrets yeah. that I choose um, but it's like this gorgeous, like curvilinear, like it's got a bit of a italicized, like a slant to it. And it's just, it's just gorgeous. I love it. Yeah. I that's that that that's something I could look at. I could look at any of James's fonts from uh Ono oh so forever. It, it's and funny. also Matthias Hertzberg. Yeah. yeah. His
1: all of his typefaces are. I Beautiful. see why you would pick this one. This is what I would pick for you, but it's funny because in my head you were describing, well, you were describing it. So I, I got that I was off, but I thought regrets was um his other one called Softy, which is like kind of like a blow up balloon, um, like a balloon letter. And I was like, that doesn't seem like Katie. I'm surprised. <laughs> and now I know that's why it was the wrong one. But I I probably gravitate more toward uh. But that's it's very trendy, and so I like that you pick something that's uh, a little more historic. Well,
2: yeah, I love Art Nouveau, and that's got a lot of Nouveau influence.
1: Totally does.
0: Okay, there love were. It. I think there was there was more than one shared there, but I'll give it to you. I'll okay. give it. to yeah, Sorry, great. I'm yeah. so sorry.
1: You can't. <laughs> it's it's okay. too hard. It's too hard. Oh, I'm now. I'm on. Now I'm thinking of all his his type faces, and oh, so hard. Fyi, my
2: charger isn't working, and it might my computer might die. We just might lose
1: Katie. Okay. Yeah. On, on that
0: note, let's just wrap up by asking where can people find you? Where, where on the interwebs
1: yeah. are you? Yeah, we're, we're on Instagram, good type at good type. Uh, we're also goodtypeus. and then both of our personal, we have personal accounts, but it's just not as, it's not as much fun, but Katie's, uh, Katie made that. And so I'm Alana Griffo. Uh, I'm on TikTok, which I really like. Katie likes to scroll more than create I'm uh, a stalker. Yeah, she like she likes all my videos, No, I'm just kidding. she should. She so should. Good. But yeah, you can find us at goodtype.
0: Fantastic. Well, thank you so much for taking the time to be with us in this thank space you. today. It's thank been really, you. really fun to chat with you and learn more about kind of, again, origin stories of the community and where it's going and all sorts of uh, fun and frivolous things to do with type. So thank you awesome. both. Thank you. thank you. Thank you. Bye, everybody. Bye. Thank you, Katie. Thank you, Alana. Thank you, everyone who was a part of Good Type. The community coming up in the final episode is Canada's home for graphic designers and a community that I am closely connected with, the RGD. Stay tuned.